0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Skift Podcast, Skift's weekly conversations on the trend lines shaping global travel. This podcast is sponsored by MasterCard, one of the world's leading technology companies. MasterCard and Skift have recently announced Future Cities, an exploration of how major destinations are preparing for the new age of urban mobility. From connected infrastructure to smart technologies, this upcoming series examines how global cities are creating seamless and personalized experiences for visitors and residents. Learn more about the project at futurecities.skift.com and join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag SkiftFutureCities. I'm Jason Clampett, and this week I'm joined by Skift founder Rafa Ali. The power of film and video to shape our perceptions of a place are rarely surpassed, except by actually experiencing that place in person. And with YouTube, Vimeo, GoPro, and hundreds of channels in high definition, the choices of what to watch and how we watch them are greater than ever. The traditional travelogue isn't dead, but how we see it has radically changed. And what we expect to see is viewers continually challenges media brands to rethink how they distribute their programs how viewers discover them, and the devices they watch them on. To better understand what we see and why we're seeing it, we're speaking today with Ross Babbitt, the SVP of Programming at Travel Channel, the 28-year-old cable giant that's evolved into a multi-platform video brand that also shares content on the web and through its apps. We're also joined by Betsy Saner Ayala, the VP of Programming and Production at Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. PTA is a digital travel channel founded in 2014 that can be seen on demand on Roku and Amazon, as well as on the web, and if you're lucky, on Delta In-Flight Entertainment. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having having us. us. Um, Betsy, when, when you guys picture your ideal viewer, how is he or she discovering the content and where are they viewing it?
1: So just to give a little background, I think that probably helps if people haven't heard of PTA. Uh, PTA is short for Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Um, We are bullish in the streaming TV um, sector, and we are found, um, we're the top travel channel on Roku. We're on Amazon Fire. We're part of Delta InFlight, their studio, as well as Sonify, which is in hotel rooms. So um, we are, and we're also on Clear TV. So we're in airports. So you can view them while you're waiting for your flight. So our viewers are discovering us um, while they're traveling. So while it's top of mind, they're able to see our content. We also have our dot-com presence as well. So a lot of the discovery is, you know, we get more people saying that they've seen us on Delta and in their hotel rooms than anything else. So um, that's where most of our discovery comes from.
0: And and Ross, you know, with a traditional cable channel behind you. Right. Uh, the viewership is slightly different, but I I assume that you're thinking of that viewer on the go as well.
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. I, we really do kind of consider ourselves the, the leader in multi-platform travel video. Certainly the linear channel is the uh, primary focus for us. It's been around for you know 28 years, uh, fully distributed around the country. Um, we're doing 450 hours a year for the linear channel, and a lot of what we've been doing in the last five, seven years is to take a lot of uh, what we've learned on the linear side and try to apply it to platforms where we know the younger viewers are are looking to see content. So, whether it's TravelChannel.com or um, our apps, the Travel Channel Cities app, or the Watch Travel Channel app, um, our association with You Live, which is owned by Scripps, you know, we're really about Getting our our video assets out to to people where they want to see them. Um, the linear channel for now, and I think for a while, is going to be the focus. Um, you know, it's more mature, obviously, and and um, the ad sales dollars are there. But we're very much in the game of making sure that our content can be can be watched and monetized on all the other platforms too.
3: As you're looking, this is Rafa, As you're looking at um, the consumer lifecycle, inspiration, research booking part of the trip where do you think travel video as it stands 2015 today is in that funnel top of the funnel middle of the funnel bottom of the funnel or uh, travel video depends on what type of travel video it is and what format it is and where they're viewing it
2: i would say that meaning it's for us a travel channel very much dependent on the platform Um, we feel that when our viewers are consuming our content in a nonlinear way, um, we can super serve them in a more of a long tail way and give them really kind of utility um, content that they can find um, if they're booking a trip, for instance, and are going to say, you know, San Francisco, they can go to our website or they can go to our Travel Channel Cities app and search for San Francisco content. Find original video, but also find video that's associated with the shows on our linear channel that will super serve just San Francisco for their, for their trip, right? But for our linear channel, which is, you know, nationally distributed, um, and we are, you know, uh, advertiser supported, and we have to have um, an entertainment component to what we do, um, if we go to utility, it, it, we just don't get the ratings that we need. Um, it needs to feel broad enough to appeal to an audience that cares about travel and is inspired by travel, but isn't necessarily literally coming to the channel to find out tips on how to travel, where to travel, how to pack, those kind of things. Um, so that's the trick. We, we really own the travel content um, 24-7 on our linear channel, but it has to be um, more than just utility. It has to feel entertaining as well. And I can talk more about that how we do that, um, certainly through our talent and our formats and ways that we try to make it entertaining.
1: Yeah, and I would say, you know, for us, um, the beautiful part about being on Roku and Amazon Fire, and I think that's the best way to watch what PTA does, is that you have that option as as a linear channel, but then you also have VOD options. So we do it much the similar way in the sense that when you're looking for a location, um, that's what we want to highlight. Um, and we can either you can either have that lean back experience or a lean forward experience and sample some of our shorter form content that's both in what well, we'll be launching on our Roku and Amazon Fire, but also on our digital and online platforms.
3: Uh, you've taken a very deliberate strategy, Betsy, on creating these scripted short programs, which if you look at historically, The digital players in travel video, they've sort of been on the destination video. Hey, here's a video about San Francisco, for example, versus the scripted video. How are you thinking about scripted video in short form? Because that's the big challenge. Because unlike Travel Channel, they're, you know, half an hour shows, maybe more, versus very short three to five minutes.
1: Well, just, um, I think to clarify, we actually put a lot of, um, time and effort into our half hour shows. That's usually, that's most of our programming is longer form. And we've done that for a very deliberate reason. Um, because we, we don't think that TV is dying. Um, in fact, people want that back experience when they're watching, um, especially on their TVs. Um, we're TV everywhere. So you can have that lean back experience, but you can also be more engaged and be on your on your desktop. So our shorter form, we have specified um, four locations. We have a series called Eat, Play, Stay, which is exactly what it's it is. It's we focused on five different cities, both international and domestic, and it we highlight the places that we think you would want to eat, play, and stay. We have a very distinct POV. Um, you know, we're really targeting those passionate, curious travelers um who are traveling either for business or for pleasure you know a lot
0: you know with with digital channels now you have greater insight to usage patterns and and um and other data about yeah. how your stuff is consumed more so than you know nielsen numbers you know 15 years ago how does that how does all of that data help you make programming decisions
2: it's a very interesting question i do think that um Nielsen has some work to do to catch up on measurement um, in the nonlinear platforms, for sure. Dare I say, even on the linear side, probably has a little work to do. Um, We do get a lot of great data though, through our our nonlinear platforms that can help um, curate ideas that can then serve all the platforms. So for instance, I get a list once a month of the top keywords that people are searching for on our website that creates some ideas for us. What are people looking for? Let's make sure we're serving them on all platforms. Um, certainly, you know, when it comes to further, further developing TC.com or the Travel Channel Cities app, um, if we're seeing the kind of data that people are interested in more in San Francisco versus another city, we're gonna make sure we're, we're creating more content for that, for that city. Um, I frankly wish we could see the, the level of data on our linear side that we see in our digital side because it would make it kind of easier to, to really super serve our viewers. Um, but I think we're gonna catch up as an industry, I hope. I think
1: for us, um, we're still learning, um, to be honest. Like We're still trying to figure out and um, we're working on our analytics and the, and the people that are watching us because we're on new platforms. Um, we don't have as much of a luxury of actually knowing. We'll can we will know more on our dot-com, um, but we just relaunched that. So we're so infant that it's hard to say exactly who's watching us and what they want, um, but we'll be very excited.
3: You're you know? at the mercy to some extent of you know the distributors giving you the right data.
1: Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah, that's one of the big challenges in the digital video area where you're at the mercy of YouTube, Facebook, or Roku, or Amazon. And- what type of data they'll give you, and how do you then put it together in a coherent fashion to create strategy out of it?
2: I would say for us, what's interesting is that we've seen that um, when we distribute our video, short-form video, through our channels, um, we certainly get a lot of data. But we also distribute through, you know, AOL, Facebook, and those kind of things, and you can see the traffic just kind of multiply whenever our video goes out to those channels. Um, and I don't know, more and more in the last year, I think we're finding that we're having much more um, success reaching a broader audience by going to alternative distribution platforms outside of our universe. Um, and I think, and you're probably seeing this too, you know, uh, it's going to follow the money. Um, the advertising community is still catching up to what's happening in digital um, and figuring out ways to, to, to monetize the content in a way that's palatable to a viewer. Yeah, uh, The 32nd spot on air is everybody's used to that. Um, a thirty-second pre-roll, not so much. Yeah, and so I think the ad community is trying to figure out exactly how to how to how to uh, get their message out as well.
3: Yeah, and you've done, I think, travel channel. I know PTA has done very creative integrations with sponsors uh, as opposed to doing a traditional ad. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. So we. You know, we're definitely a brand advertising model, but what we've done is we're really creative in terms of how to get the brand integrated into our programming. So they get to become part of the story that we're telling. Um, So we work closely with the brands when they find a show that they want to align with. Um, And we work with them from the creative aspect until we can integrate them fully, but we also do the old, um, the ad buy model as well because we do function as a linear channel. multiple um platforms so but it's been a lot of fun to be honest um it's it's been a lot of fun to be that creative and figure out um what makes brands happy and us be still stay true to who we are and tell the stories we want to tell
2: what
0: particular challenges does travel present in terms of um capturing it that you don't see with food or home you know those are those are two you know hgtv and food network are sister channels of travel channel um and they in probably starting with food network first figured out okay this is it and they started hitting all the notes a few years later hgtv was like okay we finally got it (laughs) we finally cracked the nut um you know when when do you think we're going to crack the nut with with travel
2: yeah i i i think we're in that process now um to back up, I've been at Scripps for twelve years, and I started DIY Network, then at HGTV, and then now here at, at Travel Channel. Um, and uh, absolutely, HGTV kind of figured out the formula of being a super servant audience that cares about home, but also be entertaining enough to drive ratings. Um, back when I started at DIY Network, we twelve years ago, we did we did shows about scrapbooking, we did shows about knitting, we found we we had that kind of broad approach to everything DIY. And then over time, we slowly kind of honed in on what people wanted, which was just entertaining home improvement television. Um, I think that's what we travel kind of is right now for us. Um, Travel's, travel Channel's been around for 28 years, but only with scripts for five. Uh, and we are trying to super serve a travel audience much the same way HGTV really owns home and, and Food Network really owns food. For us, it's about, Entertaining stories around the world from the comfort of your couch and finding talent that can curate those stories that you want to go on that ride with. Um, what I always say is we're going to get the, we're going to get the hardcore travelers watching our programming, but we need more than those. We need the people that maybe don't have as much time or as much money as they would like to travel as much as they want. There Our median ages in the mid 40s they're busy, they have kids they're working. Um, we wanna take them on a kind of vicarious armchair traveling trip um, by watching our programming. So whether it's Andrew Zimmerman with Bizarre Foods or Jack Maxwell with Booze Traveler or uh, Don Wildman, Mysteries of the Museum, they wanna be entertained by, by, by guides, by docents that can take them around the world virtually. Um, I think that's, that's the key and that's our sweet spot. Um, and I would say in the last couple of years, we're really trying to hone that even further and find more of those kind of talent to do those entertaining, Kind of travel logs and and ways to see the world in different ways.
3: Mm-hmm. The importance of talent, and you you gave some examples of it. Um, Anthony Bourdain used to be on Travel Channel um, as you're telling telling travel stories. How important is talent as part of? It? Because historically, that's not how travel video has been done mm-hmm. uh, until Travel Channel started doing it. Bourdain became a star, and 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 that happened. And you've, uh, as a, historically, you've gone back and forth on the talent part of, and, and, and now it seems like you're coming back to it.
2: Yeah. I, um, and again, I think it's the secret sauce of scripts. When you look at HGTV and Food Network as well, you know, it's about curating those stars. Um, people like to watch, you know, celebrities, and we're trying to create celebrities in the travel world, just like Food and HGTV have done in their worlds. Uh, and you think about it, you know, we, all of our talent are people that you kind of want to hang out with that you would like to go on a trip with if you could, you know, um, walk the streets of Amsterdam and have a beer with. Um, so the more we can find those entertaining yet accessible, relatable guy next door, girl next door kind of talent who are smart about the world, curious about the world and you just wanna hang out with on, on television. Um, it, you know, history has shown that, viewer, that viewers like that and the ratings go up, so.
1: And for PTA, you know, we're really focused on obviously talent drives your programming, um, but we're really focused on experts, um, whether they're experts um, in the travel industry or they're experts in their own realm, but they travel a lot organically. So that's what our our focus is right now, and finding those, you know, just like Ross said, those great characters that you want to attach yourself to and let them tell you the story that they're going on.
0: Let's talk a little bit about competition, um, not between Fun. the two of you guys, but, uh, you know, but traditionally it was other channels uh, for, for travel channel, or, or, um, uh, but now it's not even other travel brands. It's GoPro, it's Red Bull creating content, um, you know, and they're in a way stealing viewers you might otherwise have. H- how have these tra- kind of non-traditional brands made you rethink strategy?
1: You know, for us, we we probably see them more as op- uh, partnership opportunities than anything else because they're doing the same thing we are. They don't have to adhere to the um, 24-7 network. You know, we're all just creating great content and we're creating content that viewers in our niche really want to watch. Um, so it's, it's interesting to watch all those brands create content, um, but... I don't know if it's necessarily a, a competition. I think it's more an opportunity for partnerships with us.
2: Yeah, I'd say the same. We, you know, we're, we talk to those guys to see if there's ways that we can creatively work together on, on, on some projects. Uh, nothing I can announce right now, but we're, we're, we're always talking. Um, but I just generally think the more other brands are elevating the, um, the travel category, and it, it helps all of us. You know, um, GoPro is, um, is making travel video entertaining and exciting. And so it, it it creates an excitement for viewers that creates a thirst where, you know, all boats rise. And as a network where we consider ourselves the the leader in travel video, other folks dabble in it. We do it 24 seven. If people get more entertained and more interested in travel content, um, we feel like we benefit from that. Um, and by the way, you know, GoPros are in a lot of our shows now. It's a, just a great yeah. way to capture content. Yeah, so.
3: absolutely. As you're thinking about creating video, a lot of the brands outside of travel are thinking about virality, being able to share on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, 20 other platforms, Twitter and others. Snapchat these days, obviously a big part of it. Um, how much of your programming strategy is about creating a hit show versus creating virality. I mean, especially in a travel channels, linear context, PTA is probably more creative license that way to think both ways.
2: I know for, for us, um, it's really been an emphasis in the last year, especially I want to give a, a little shout out to, uh, our head of marketing, uh, Bob Madden, who came over from food network. Um, and he was the head of digital at food network and really built their social strategy over there. Um, and it's it's phenomenal and he's bring a lot of the uh the, the the kind of tricks and tips and techniques from from there over to to travel and it really is about great content. Um if you just try to hit people with tune-in messages, it's not going to nobody's passing that around, but if you hit them with great content, um, that's sticky and that does relate back to the shows on a linear channel. You certainly see uh you certainly see that virality you're talking about. So, we've been in the last year um Uh, Made a big emphasis to create shoulder content for our linear shows that can go onto the social platforms and get and get passed around. And just in the last six months, we've gained a half a million followers uh, um, by doing that. So I think it's really important. And certainly to reach the younger viewer, you have to be in that game.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for us, you know, social strategy is obviously huge um, because that's how we build awareness and that's how we get people to trust us because we're building a brand, not just uh, travel content at this point. So, um, you know, so we're 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 making um, all our programming different lengths. We're 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 creating the half hour shows, but we're also working on 12, 15 minute uh, formats, as well as doing specific short form that's shareable, um, that we think are, is content that people want to share, and it's very deliberately made for that specific reason. Uh,
3: one of the challenges in travel video, and I talked to Shannon, your CEO, a while ago, is the, the push and pull of creating familiar content on, on places where people go a lot. Disney or uh, these big iconic places versus creating aspirational video where people go, where, where people may not go, but just dream of going in as a once in a lifetime type of thing. As you're thinking about travel video and the mix between um, different types of video, how much of it is, let's create content about things everybody knows about and will go tomorrow versus where they'll never go, but they really want to look at it.
2: I think we have to have a mix of both, certainly. Um, and as we talked about earlier, I think the platform dictates some of that. Um, if you go to our website, uh, you'll get really rich, deep content about uh, the familiar places and the unfamiliar places. We have seen that on a linear channel, uh, our viewers like to see um, deep content about places they don't know as much about. The off the, we talk about the off the beaten path kind of places. Um, our viewers are smart. Our viewers have, have traveled. Our viewers, you know, know a lot about the kind of common tourist attraction kind of places. Um, They want to learn that little thing that nobody else knows really so they can share it with their friends and, and sound smart. Right. You know, it's like, Hey, I I saw this thing on travel channel last night. Did you hear about the such and such town or such and such place? Um, We've just seen over time, Again, looking at ratings that uh, the off the beaten path works a little better for us, um, but on our website you can go very rich into, you know, the ins and outs of Disney World and those kind of things.
1: Yeah, I say our strategy is very specific in the fact that we are hitting those off the beaten paths. And I wouldn't even say that. I said we go to cities that people travel to all the time, like Miami, but we're finding those little things that only the locals know. Um, And that's, you know, that's our true focus. We want to create a travel experience for those who have traveled a lot and they want to have a different experience the next time they go or, um, but we're also going to unique places and um, uh, developing you know, new experiences. We are, we're releasing a new show called Foreign in the USA where you can have that foreign experience in cities in your own backyard in the US because there's such a rich tradition in these really eclectic, cool um, cities in, in communities within the US um, where you can have that abroad experience. So we're looking at cities a little differently than I would say than the um, than the mass uh, traveler.
3: Mm-hmm. Cities versus remote destinations in terms of videos, just your quick, um, what what does better? Cities videos and travel or, or videos about like, I don't know, resorts or islands or beaches?
2: Hmm, certainly a mix of both. Um, islands beaches places to get away places to escape to definitely do well um and also i'd say the mid-level cities you know we certainly have lots of content about new york san francisco boston chicago etc but it's the charlestons Savannahs, uh you know those kind of mid-level cities that people seem to gravitate toward um and again for our website we Go broad and deep for our linear channel. It's 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 kind of it's more of the off the beaten path. Um, I am seeing a trend though of of kind of that aspirational beach and island kind of programming. Um, that there's just that virtual sense of wanting to get away is something that we're we're leaning into right now.
1: Yeah, for us, I think we're still. You know, they have the. Um, uh, history yeah the history of being able to see how viewers change viewing habits have changed and they can really watch that i think we're still learning what our viewers are and what they want to do but um you know what we're doing so far i think they're excited about and we've gotten great responses so we'll we'll continue to do so i do have one thing that i was going to say the what we have found from our Delta Airlines, from our in-flight studio, um, being part of that, you have a, a very, um, you know, in-tuned audience that is watching. And they tend to select things more city-based than um, and location-based, um, which we have found very interesting.
0: Ross, when Travel Channel launched nearly three decades ago, it was launched by TWA. Right, They wanted to inspire people so they could sell a bunch of tickets. <laughs> that was, the, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the mission, sell more tickets. Yep. Uh, what's, what's the mission of Travel Channel today?
2: Oh boy, well, the mission is really to uh, super serve a um, endemic advertising community uh, um, with an audience that cares about travel. Um, you know, again, this is a Scripps kind of staple Um, instead of trying to be everything to everybody, um, our friends on the advertising side in our, in our building, um, want to completely own, um, the endemic advertisers for our space and, and, uh, and get a premium because our, uh, because of that, um, to do that, we need to create travel video that's entertaining and that we're going to get viewers to watch. So certainly ratings play a big part of what we have to do um, but not just raw ratings but a, we talk about a quality rating a, a rating that's slightly upscale than the rest of cable um, you know that they have the money to spend um, and that really cares about about travel again whether they literally do it or not they're just they they they're interested in the space um, and if we can kind of super serve that audience our our advertising friends can um, can reach them more effectively and we can Frankly, charge a little bit more money for that.
1: Yeah. So for us, you know, we are focused. Like I mentioned before, we're focused on creating a brand. So we are pure travel. We're focused on culture and lifestyle in that travel world. Um, we're really trying to focus on that more. I would say we're not luxury, but we're probably hitting that more affluent audience that travels and they have have the extra money to have an experience. They're traveling for experiences. They're also traveling for work but they're traveling for experiences. So that's really what our focus is right now is is really honing in on on those people.
2: It's funny. We talk about um, kind of our target audience, our experience collectors. You know, it's like people who are interested in doing new things, um, new experiences, seeing things they've never seen before um, so they can share it with their friends and kind of Talk about their experiences. You know, I'd imagine, you know, I imagine all viewers having a scrapbook filled with things that they've done, um, whether it's around the world or around the block. I
3: really hope they don't have a scrapbook.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could have learned to make that scrapbook on DIY. That's right. That's right. You could find that on that website for sure.
3: (laughs) So as you're looking into 2015 and 2016, what new projects are you working on?
2: A couple of things I wanted to, to mention. One is because uh, we just announced this yesterday, is uh, our partnership with the New York Times in 36 hours. Wow. Their column, um, very popular column for years in the Times. And um, we worked out a, a partnership in which we were kind of bringing that to life on television uh, as we were talking about. Um, and that's uh,
3: going to be a weekly show? Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Time to uh, the column. So the premiere is in August and it's, uh happens to be Berlin. And so on that Sunday, you'll see um, the 36 hours column tied to Berlin. And then when the show premieres, we'll do, you know, a deep dive into Berlin. So uh, like we we're talking about a deep dive into cities and seeing things off the beaten path. Um, our 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 hope is that with the help of the New York Times, we're able to do that, you know, in a, in a nice um, nice way. The other thing I was gonna mention is with you guys, we're doing a microsite um starting a light labor day where we're taking a lot of our content and curating it for um for your audience so we're excited to get that off the ground as we're well we're
3: excited to be working with you yeah um we are
1: working on um we're working on a lot right now and obviously our focus is distribution but we also have an exciting partnership that will be announced soon with uh, a very prominent travel magazine so um we're really excited about that partnership
0: Well, Ross and Betsy, we want to thank you for coming by today uh, and discussing video with us. It was great to have you here.
2: Thanks for having
1: us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.